less than two decades, Mork have gone from a side project to one of Norway's most highly regarded black metal outfits. But you only have to look at the volume and the quality of their back catalogue to understand why. Thomas Eriksson presented his sixth full-length album, Diapert, five days ago, and I'm excited to welcome Thomas to Metal Talk to discuss this icy blast of sensational Norwegian black metal in more detail. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it's humbling to hear those words. Thank you very much. Oh, well, our, our Jules Green from Metal Talk, yeah, she, she loves all your stuff, and she's been, uh, she's been educating me over the last three years, so... Uh, I'm slowly catching up. Um, some, some musicians churn out similar sounding releases. But the thing that's always impressed me um, is that your music constantly evolves and changes sound wise. Is this a, a conscious effort to improve and vary the sound? Or is it more to meet the mood of the finished project you have in your mind? Oh, yeah. Let's see. That, that is a result of uh, myself basically leaving behind every traditional black metal rules or expectations that's basically it if you listen to my first album and all the way chronologically up to today you can hear that it's like opening up influence wise mm -hmm. while the first album is a bit strict black metal primitive and you know i'm just keeping everything within the the limits you know what i mean mm -hmm. black yeah. metal, the true stamp and all that but uh over the years i decided that i want morik to have its own voice you know and i uh, i do believe i have made the right choice by doing it this way it seems like it so the the band has longevity obviously mm -hmm. and each release t seems to get bigger and uh I don't know. It's been a crazy journey, but only uh, only over like ten years, you know. So it's been quick as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's impressive and and creative. Yeah, that that that's one of the words I had written down. Yeah, because obviously you're a very creative person. Um, with with Dipert, I hope I've got the pronunciation correct there. Um, you delved into the world of analog synths. Was this to get to the sounds that you had creatively in your head? Or, or, or was it something that came around because you were experimenting with the synth? Uh, regarding the title, first, first and foremost, uh, Dipet is a pretty good. It's uh, it's a deepet. <laughs> right. Uh, I saw somebody the other day uh, doing an online review of the album, calling it Diaper, and it was like <laughs> you know, Norwegian crash with English. Every time there's something. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for my pronunciation. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a, a, a lad from uh, the Norfolk coast, yeah, who grew up in a little English uh, uh, village, you know, so we, you know, we didn't even get French lessons there, you know. Uh, the thing is, it's all my fault and I'm the only one to blame, sir, so no worries. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, regarding the synth, um, what happened is actually when I uh, when I did my podcasts, mm -hmm. which I did uh, for a couple of years, uh, I I went to visit uh, Snorri Ruk, uh, the man behind Thorns, you know, uh, very creative and legendary Norwegian musician as well, and uh, he actually 
was all into analog synths and he, his entire living room space was covered in old analog synths and cables and whatnot. And I thought that was kind of interesting because analog is, of course, an attractive thing, you know, and uh, I grew up with, you know, old video games and that stuff, you know, old Nintendos and Ataris. So the, the sounds has always been with me somehow. But the funny, the funny point is that when I came back from that trip and I uh, continued the production of my album, and then the day came where I brought it to a different studio to a guy who helps me to mix my albums, uh, Freddy Horn. And just by coincidence, he also has gotten this urgent like fascination for uh, analog synths. So at that time, he had a bunch of them. And I was like, let's just try some stuff here and there. So that is basically what happened. It's all by chance and coincidences. And uh, it's not much of it on the album. If I uh, think about it, it's perhaps on three tracks. Mm -hmm. It's most prominent on the final track, Tibak yes. where it has uh, its own role, you know, its mm -hmm. own voice. And I think when we did that and I listened back to it, I was, I'm, I must admit, I was a bit skeptical, you know, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of naysayers out there that's scared about you know, people uh, dabbling too much with the black metal formula, you know, but right. uh, I think this one just became even deeper in sound and atmosphere. So I'm really happy about it. And it seems like most people have uh, taken a liking also uh, of those who have heard it this far, you know. I mean, it, you know, in, in the in the realms of classic metal, you can go back to the likes of Iron Maiden in the 80s, yeah, who used to have, yeah, no synths on their album covers, you know. But the way the way that you've um, layered it in the three songs, it, it really adds a, a rich, haunting quality. Uh, Jules wrote that um, it gave her an unnerving eeriness and roundness to the still icy mood of the Mork sound. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and the, the album, I mean, it, it's absolutely just full of atmosphere. Um, uh, the opening track, Indre Demona, is good, a wonderful, wonder, wonderfully haunting. Um, with your use of Norwegian lyrics, yeah, which is the, the language of black metal, is that um, a conscious decision to force people to make up their own minds about the lyrics and the meanings behind your songs? To put it like this, I feel that... On the sideline, I'm a bit of a poet because I, I write all my lyrics separately without any music in mind, usually. Mm -hmm. And then the, those things fall into place later. Uh, so I, I, uh, I am, I am a absolutely able and capable of writing English lyrics pretty well. Uh, but it does not give me the same feel and atmosphere as the Norwegian words I write. It's... It's a bit more romantic in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, there's big Norwegian poets from back in the days and uh, which has beautiful works and uh, words, you know. And uh, I think what really happened is that back in the day when I discovered black metal for myself and, uh, you know, I've always been into Bursum and Dark Throne. Those have been the two big ones for me. And... Uh, in particular, their Norwegian songs. And I remember 
reading their lyrics and it felt like old Norwegian poems from deep within the library. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that is something I uh, decided to take with me into Mork. And uh, every single album is uh, in Norwegian uh, with Mork now. I have one track that's in English and that's a uh, B-side hidden away somewhere. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that that track is a really good opener. Um, I, I I love the dark, uh, guitar-driven sound that you've got. You know, I mean, you play all the instruments on the album as well, don't you? Absolutely, yes. Um, oh, Hoy Mura uh, too, yeah. Um, with uh, <laughs> Chelvik's uh, additional vocals, you know, that's another great song as well. Um, how, how did you come to uh, get involved or get him involved with that that particular track? Uh, that happened also via and because of my podcast, actually, because he he reached out to me to promote his then uh, debut solo album, which mm -hmm. is called Jelvik, uh, great Viking rock metal album. Uh, and then we met up, did the podcast thing, and then we just stayed in touch. And, uh, you know, most people, at least in Norway, know of Kveler Talk, the band, you know, they mm -hmm. did good business back in the day and uh, I always kind of liked his voice because he has this raw punkish, rockish feel to his mm -hmm. grim vocals which I have enjoyed and now as I had him just on the phone a uh, message away I could say, just ask him do you want to do something together you know and uh, he, I basically only sent him that part he's singing with my lyrics and he did his vocals at his uh, studio and uh, sent them back to me and I thought it lifted the track, you know. It's um, a funny thing is that, uh, you know, in Norway we have different dialects as you do mm -hmm. over there. And uh, his dialect is different than mine. So when I got the track back with uh, him singing my words, it was a bit, oh, puzzling because I didn't think about that. <laughs> so that's a cool little experience for me as a Norwegian. Uh, yeah. But uh, the track uh, turned out great. It has a Bursum-ish vibe uh, at the same time being, I don't, I don't know, like an epic rock anthem in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe my mind is just... Uh, just um, I don't know, all over the place, but that's how I see it. Uh, now. I mean, I, 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 I was thinking, uh, you know, the first time I listened to that song, yeah, with the, you know, with the decent headphones on, um, the, like the last minute of that song, yeah, if you imagine yourself sitting there in a darkened room listening to it, yeah, we're talking like horror movie scary, aren't we? You've got, you've got that kind of rolling guitar part which goes on, which could just be a, a happy bit, yeah. But in yeah. the context of everything else that's going in, you know, it's just like really sinister. The, the track actually is a bit of a Norwegian anthem because it's, uh, I don't know if you read the translations to the lyrics and stuff, but it, it is very patriotic. Uh, and when you listen to the main riffs there, the big, the epic riff part, that's, you know, it's, it's translated to tall walls, you know, mm -hmm. it's like the big mountains and valleys and, you know, keeping the enemies out in a way. That's basically, in short, what the track is about and uh, the feel of it. You know, um, and you mentioned you mentioned you were you into poetry as well. Can you talk about 
um, or, or give us some idea of your songwriting process. Does it change from album to album? Does it start with the lyrics or does it start with guitar parts? I would say, um, as I told you, lyrics and uh, music are written, you know, separately in a way. So uh, uh, the, the lyrics are, and the music for that sake, it's all coming out of me spontaneously when I'm creating them. It's not something I'm planning or anything. Usually I sit down with one riff in the studio and I just write the entire song just by feel mm -hmm. after listening to the first riff. And usually a track is finished uh, maybe during one evening or uh, sometimes two or three, but not much longer than that. And uh, most of the vibes in both music and the words are actually based on my own life and feelings and, you know, uh, experiences uh, since the last uh, album process, you know. And uh, so it's extremely personal stuff. And uh, it's, it's almost like chapters of my life, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. Um, you just released the video uh, for Four Fort Ave Coulden. Um, yes. I mean, that had to be in black and white, really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, the, the, the previous video we did with that same director actually was in color. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this time around, we had a bit short time because we were pushing deadlines and stuff. So, I actually never had the opportunity to show up at his studio to overlook his work or anything. I just went to the shoot and didn't see anything until it was finished, basically. So making it black and white and harsh and the way he did, mm -hmm. it's completely his idea, and I'm totally happy. I think it worked out really well. It's tasteful, if you ask me. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I love the drone footage, yeah, going through the, 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 the treetops and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what what really grips me watching that was um, w w was just how great that's going to sound live. Yeah, that is uh, that's a live track for sure. Mm. We are going to debut that this weekend, I, I suppose. Okay, cool. Um, stretching my pronunciation a bit further. Um, uh, till back uh, till Opera Nelson. Um, yes. Yep, I love that one too. Um, for me, it, it's like. Um, uh, a panicked feeling of chaos in the first half. Yeah, you've got the little bits of synth going on there. Um, but then I love, I, I love the way uh, the riff kicks in at the halfway point. Yeah, and the way you kind of layer the guitars on top there. Yeah, that's 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 really cool to listen to. There's plenty of ear candy going on there. Thank you. And that that song represents me quite well. You have. You have the traditional uh, blast beats, black metal stuff. You have the vibe, and then you have the mid-tempo part that you know just grooves in the middle. That's very typical of my songwriting and me. And the, the track itself is supposed, if I if I did it right, that it's supposed to be an epic. Uh, it's uh, about the world just looking at what it's become just growing tired of the shit it has shaped over the thousands of years, erasing itself and rebuilding from scratch. That's basically the theme of the song and the lyrics. So uh, it is a journey and a kind of cinematic listen. You have mm. to listen to the whole thing and uh, maybe even read the words if you're able to, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things I had down on my list was to 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 check out the words afterwards. Yeah, I thought I'd rather speak to you and give you my impressions first. Yeah, yeah um, cool. I, I I love the bass in there too. Um, so right towards the end, you've got the high octave bass going on, and then the last few seconds uh, that there's the rundown with the guitars, and it's it, it's an epic song, and it's a really epic finish as well. It's uh, quite funny you mentioned the bass because the other day. I heard that uh, Fenris he did his support. He has a Norwegian podcast now, where he recommends music and stuff. And he pulled out a Moik track, uh, not this one, but from the EP that came out out there. Uh-huh. And then he commented that uh, he got some Uriah Heap vibes from the bass playing and stuff. And right, I, okay. I, that's, that's a great compliment because I am i'm not a child of the 70s because i was born in the 80s but i am a fan of the 70s and mm-hmm. uh, bass driven music is really important to me and the, you can hear that in almost every single Mork song that the bass has a prominent role and uh to me the bass is almost the most important part you know of course the guitar riffs are important but if the bass behind it is boring then yep. you got nothing going on Yep. So uh, I would give a big shout out to the 70s bass players, you know, for uh, inspiring me to do that stuff. No, that's a, that's a view I heartily endorse as well. So um, I do play I do play a bit bass badly now and again, you know, and, and um, you know, that, that that's the thing that people dance to, isn't it? You know, I got to keep down the low frequencies, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, that, 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 that last song. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not just the last song, yeah, but it's kind of the the epicness of it. Yeah, I was thinking that's that's a lot for one person to carry in their head. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so the album's been out. Uh, I just picked some tracks there. The album's been out five days now. Uh, yeah. what, what's the reaction been from the fans? The thing is that when while working on the album for the past uh, couple of years, and uh, when I was finishing and uh, closing in on having, you know, eight selected tracks, and listening to the rough mixes, listening to the mix, listening to the masters, I've been walking around with a bad feeling in my stomach that Ooh. I have stepped a bit too far away from what maybe is expected of Mork or black metal in general. So, in to be honest, I kind of expected this to be a bit of a flop. So, uh, when I started seeing the reviews and the feedback from the listeners, I got, I got floored because it's been nothing but positive. And it's like top ratings. I did really not expect that. So, uh, it's been a great weekend for sure. I can... Uh, yeah, you can trust me on that. It's a good feeling. And, uh, you know, it's a part of me. And it's always a bit scary to unveil to people. Mm-hmm. You, it's, you, it's a bit naked in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm thankful. I am. Well, you're, you're opening your soul, aren't you? And uh, put yourself on the top of the wall, wait to see which way people are going to push you, you know? Um, but your, your relationship with Peaceful, I mean, that looks good. They're, they're still giving you the creative freedom, uh, plus uh, the support that you need, yeah? Peaceful has never, ever tried to put fingers into my stew at all. Uh, I, I'm free to do whatever I want. They take what I may, they take my artwork, they take 
my music, my sound, everything. And I'm really thankful to Peaceville for that and Snapper Music. I remember before signing to Peaceville, I was in touch with a couple of other big labels and they were the precise opposite of that. They, I showed them my then, what was it? Second album or mm -hmm. demos for the third one. And they were like, oh, you need to change this and you need to polish up the sound and you mm -hmm. need to do this and that. And I was like, I don't know if this tastes right for me or mm -hmm. feels right. And uh, luckily, Peacefield came along. And uh, I think that is a wise choice to go with them for my sake. And uh, now we've been going for many years. They have my entire catalog now. And uh, we are talking about re-signing a new contract now. So there will be more Mork in the future too. Oh, no, that's good. That's not. That's really good to hear. Um, you've got some festival dates lined up. Uh, you're playing Norway on Saturday, aren't you? Um, yeah. Are, are, are you incorporating any any synth parts into the live set? I don't. I don't know. When is this interview going to come out? Uh, okay. Uh, after after Saturday then. After Saturday. Yeah. If that's if that's if that's what you'd rather happen, that's fine. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. But the thing is that there will be no synth. We have actually rocked it up. So uh, the synth parts will be done by guitar. So okay. uh, we're still a four-piece rock and roll band. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the new songs feel feel good. Uh, we are fit for them, you know, and it feels good in our fingers and everything. So uh, really looking forward to playing them live, you know. Uh, it's always a bit strange starting to rehearse a new song because you never know how it feels, mm -hmm. you know, to in the rehearsal room. And uh, there's a couple of tracks uh, over the years that we started. We we just imagined that uh, okay, this will be a live track, and then we rehearsed uh, it a couple of times, and it feels like shit. And we have never touched it since. You know, <laughs> you never know which way it will go. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, I was I was wondering that, yeah, because obviously you're you're reliant on, on on other people picking up on your inspirations and your tracks, aren't you? Yeah, and kind of their almost their interpretation of it. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, and 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 one. A really important question now. Uh, any plans to play some dates in the UK? I hope, hopefully, some promoters will hear this interview and the book us. Uh, we don't have an active booking agent. So uh, we are basically booking whatever comes our way, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. um, if, if they get in touch, we will uh, absolutely negotiate and answer them. Okay. So I would love to come back to the UK. We've been there way too little. I think we played UK. We played London two times and we played the Damnation Festival. Mm -hmm. And I think that's about it, you know. So that's not enough. We need to go back and it's the home of Peaceville too. So we should yep. be there. <laughs> we'll, stick so, that in, uh, we'll stick that in the first paragraph then. Um, uh, uh, Jules says, yeah, uh, you've had, uh, established a, a pattern of releasing an EP between studio releases. Um so she's desperate to know if there's any leftover tracks from Diaper as there were from um, uh, Kate Draylen, or, or would that be revealing too much? No, I can tell you that uh, I, I suppose you are aware of the new Peaceful compilation that came out. No, I'm not. Uh, oh, the title of it escapes me right now. Is it uh, under the sign of the Sacred Star or something? Right, it's okay. Like Peaceville uh double cd and single vinyl compilation of uh, 
all the black metal stuff Peaceville has released over the years, including Morken newer stuff. Mm -hmm. Excellent company for me to be in. I'm really honored and humbled by that. On that compilation is actually a leftover track from Deepet. And that uh, compilation came out, when, when was it? Late last year, I think, or something. So if you if your listeners are really hardcore, they can pick up that compilation to listen to at least one track that is not on the album. And uh, usually I produce a bit too much to fit a regular vinyl release. So if if I get my way, there will be a new EP as well. Cool. Oh, she'll be yeah. happy. She'll be happy. Um, look, we love Deep Metal Talk. Um, we wish you the very best success. Uh, any message for the fans? Hope to see you in Britain soon uh, or in the entire of the UK. Uh, love the country. I'm a big fan of uh, the pub culture, you know, so uh, really love the UK and the oh. people, of course. <sighs> Great. Get over there. We'll see you at the bar for a pint then, yeah? We um, should. Uh, Thomas Erickson, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and we, we really hope to see you on the road soon. And thank you so much. Good thank luck you. for Saturday. Thank you very much, man. Awesome.